Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. All right, we have got a lot to talk about on today's show. Islanders with a 1-0 lead in their series against the Washington Capitals. Tonight, going for a win in Game 2. It's an 8 o'clock face-off, and the Islanders... If they can pull off the win in Game 2, would take a commanding lead in this series. All the talk coming out of Game 1, or a lot of the talk, dealing with the Anders Lee hit on Nicholas Backstrom. We will talk about that and what it means and whether or not it's going to set a tone for Game 2. We'll also talk about some of the things that the Islanders certainly need to improve upon if they're going to win this series. And we'll preview Game 2 overall. Some changes to the Capitals lineup certainly on its way. We'll talk about that. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come. If you've got something that's on your mind that is Islanders related, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss Please feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. In addition, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and happenings concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so the Anders Lee hit on Nicholas Backstrom. Couple of things, couple of thoughts. Uh, the Capitals obviously not happy about it, and understandably so. Uh, and, you know, look, first of all, it's difficult to see the camera angle that was presented did not show it very well on television, so it's not like you got a look at it from two or three different angles and, and you could really analyze it and, and, and go through everything. But at the end of the day, here's the thing you know about Anders Lee. Anders Lee is not, does not have the reputation of being a dirty hockey player. Nobody has ever accused him of deliberately headhunting, taking cheap shots. He's not afraid to battle for position in front of the goal or to 
be physical to a point, but nobody has ever really accused Anders Lee of, you know, being a cheap shot artist. And, and one of the things that I sort of wondered about, you know, Tom Wilson, of all people, complaining about the hit on Backstrom, uh, when Wilson has a reputation going back to that 2015 series of questionable shots and, and you know, after the whistle plays and things like that, head, you know, blows to the head or, or getting the stick up, whatever you want to say, it's a little hypocritical for Wilson to be speaking out so vehemently about the Anders Lee play. I definitely think, based on what I could see uh, from watching that play, that he deserved the two-minute penalty. And I give Anders Lee credit, and Barry Trotz gave him credit as well after the game. He delivered the hit. Carlson came on him right away after the hit. He stood up to Carlson. They had the wrestling match. Then, later on, he has to drop the gloves with Wilson, and they have a fight, and... You know, Wilson probably had the better of the battle, but Anders Lee stood up for himself. He, you know, spent more time in the penalty box, certainly, than the Islanders would have liked in this game. But, you know what? He basically said, we're not going to be intimidated by you. And, look, I don't think, regardless of whether the hit was late or not, and it may have been, it may not have been, it was not a situation where Lee was intentionally trying to injure Nicholas Backstrom. I, I, I feel confident in saying that. The Capitals have announced that Backstrom will not play in Game 2, that he is presently in the concussion protocol. And that definitely has a potentially big effect on the Capitals. Backstrom is a big part of their power play. He and Alex Ovechkin have been line mates for a very long time over the course of their careers. And Backstrom, even at this stage in his career, and he is certainly not the same player he was three, four years ago, but Backstrom is still a quality center who is an excellent passer, very good vision. He is the kind of player that makes things happen offensively. And... Look, I think when you look back at a lot of goal scorers, for example, uh, they always have a guy who sets them up and who is the playmaker. You had uh, Brett Hull and Adam Oates, Hull and Oates. You had uh, Brian Trottier setting up Mike Bossy a lot of the time. Uh, certainly, you need a guy like Backstrom to make Ovechkin play at his highest possible level. So it will hurt the Capitals the more time he misses. Now, uh, the other lineup announcement that the Capitals made, Lars Eller, who missed game one after heading out of the bubble to be with his family at the birth of a child, he missed game one. He will be back in the lineup for game two, and they're going to insert him on the second line as a center uh, in this game. So, those are the lineup changes for the Capitals, and uh, Backstrom's loss is definitely going to be felt. I think there's no question about that, 
and I certainly, you know, wish him a, a, a speedy recovery. Uh, don't want anyone to have, you know, injuries and head uh, headshots and, and, and concussions. We know the seriousness of that over the long haul. And look, if you're the New York Islanders, you want to beat the Capitals at their best. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, you want Backstrom back in the lineup as soon as possible, but expect this series to get more physical and maybe, just maybe, the Capitals, if they go headhunting and go after Anders Lee, maybe that does take them off their game in Game 2. It'll be interesting to see how their coaching staff and their players balance the desire to send a message and the desire to win the hockey game. Sometimes you got to choose, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Capitals are trailing by a lot or leading by a lot. That would be the time when you think they're going to go after Anders Lee in one of these games. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll break down some of the things the Islanders need to do better, some of the things the Islanders need to keep doing if they're going to keep winning in this series. Game two tonight, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Lots to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, if you're looking for the best tasting protein bar, you've got to try a Built Bar. Now, I've always been skeptical about protein bars, never liked the taste, the consistency, but Built Bar is different. It is new now and improved and even deliciouser. Yes, there are 18 amazing flavors, many with nuts, many without. You can choose. Six new flavors have been introduced, including cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and caramel brownie. They are 100, they're covered in 100% chocolate, they are soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy. They are great for the health-conscious guy. You could lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Let's take a look at the Cherry Barcia flavor. 17 grams of protein packed into it. 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar and 4 net carbs. Now we have a great offer. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, so one thing we definitely noticed in Game 1, and it was certainly uh, tangible, the Islanders very much outplayed the Washington Capitals when the teams were 5-on-5. Five five. Now, part of the problem, and we talked about this uh, after Game 1, the Islanders gave up way too many power play opportunities. And even though you know they gave up the two power play goals, Capitals still haven't scored in this series yet at even strength. And the Islanders have to make sure that they don't have this penalty box parade Otherwise, you know, a guy like Alexander Ovechkin can make them pay and make them pay in a hurry. So uh, the Islanders definitely can't continue to take all those penalties. But the five-on-five play was outstanding. They really limited Washington's opportunities. And if you think about it, the Islanders have a huge, huge advantage in two very important areas 
in this series. Number one is obviously defense, and in particular, defensive depth. Uh, look, Johnny Boychuk did not play in game one because Andy Green, who replaced Boychuk for the last three games of the series against Florida, has been playing consistent, smart, very sound defensive hockey, and that is what Barry Trotz longs for and wants, especially out of a third defensive pairing player. So whether Boy Chuck returns to the lineup or Green stays in the lineup, you also have Noah Dobson, you have Thomas Hickey, you have a lot of depth on defense, whereas I would say the eight, possibly nine top defensemen on the Islanders would be good enough to be in the top six for the Capitals. And after you get past the top pairing, there are a lot of question marks in the Capitals' defense that you really need to take advantage of if you are the New York Islanders. And that is going to be definitely an issue uh, for Washington. The Islanders have to take advantage of it. And the guy who I think that who can really make a difference, who did make a difference in game one, is Anders Lee. Because Lee is capable of, you know, really taking advantage of those mismatches down low. I think Matthew Barzal, you saw some of the things he did to create space with his speed and with his moves, particularly on the Eberle goal. But the Islanders have a big advantage with their defense matching up against the Washington defense. And then the other area is goaltending. And this is major. Really, really major. Because Simeon Varlamov has played very well. And Braden Holtby really was not consistent. He allowed four goals on 27 shots in Game 1. One of them was a soft goal. His save percentage just eight. 53. And overall, all season long, Holtby has not been consistent. And the Islanders need to take advantage of that. Get him to question himself. The Eberly goal in particular was a soft goal that really changed the momentum. And then you had the Anders Lee goal early and the Josh Bailey shorty. And in eight minutes of playing time, the Islanders turned the whole game and possibly the whole series around. Varlamov and Grice right now are playing at a better level than Braden Holtby. Now, Holtby is capable. We know what he's capable of doing, or at least what he was capable of doing a couple of years ago. It's not like he is not a decent NHL goalie, but the Capitals' defense, as we mentioned, not as strong as it was two years ago, when they won the Stanley Cup under, what was the coach's name again? Oh yeah, Barry Trotz. Uh, And Holtby hasn't played as well this year. The Capitals miss Samsonov. He would have been their goaltender had he been healthy. And the Islanders need to take advantage. If the Islanders can stay out of that penalty box, it can be a major difference maker for them in this series. Because they can take advantage of the fact that they are a deeper team, that they play better five-on-five than the Capitals, and that Washington has more question marks in their second and third defensive pairing 
and in goal right now than the Islanders do. And look, we talked about this before the Florida series, and I think it's true again here. The Islanders have a definite advantage because this is the style of hockey that they play all year round. And I'll read you a quote from Scott Mayfield, who, by the way, has quietly, without flash and fanfare, been a steady, consistent, very good defenseman for the Islanders so far in the playoffs. Here's what he had to say. I think the biggest thing is we have our structure in place. We have that blueprint that we could always fall back on. Whether we're up a goal or down a goal, we know what we need to do. Whether it's lock it down defensively or push offense, we just always have that structure in mind. And that is exactly what happened in game one, if you think about it. The Islanders fell behind 2-0 on the two TJ Oshie power play goals, but they did not deviate from their system. They kept plugging away, and eventually they end up winning the game 4-2. They kept pushing, and eventually Washington's goaltending and defense did not hold up against it. That is the same formula that they need to win more games in this series. And in particular, the Islanders have to make sure they stay out of the penalty box. Don't give guys like Alex Ovechkin and John Carlson and TJ Oshie more room to maneuver, uh, more space to create. That's not what you want to do. And you take that away and make them earn it and make them work for it. And the Islanders can definitely take advantage of those matchups and those weaknesses that the Washington Capitals have. The other thing is, obviously, you know, the Islanders are a defense-first team. They only gave up two goals to the Capitals. Hold them to two goals or less in every game, and I think the Islanders have a very good chance of winning this series. All right, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day and some key things to look for in Game 2. Lots more to talk about on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. This birthday is actually happening on Saturday, but since this is the weekend edition of the show, we're going to go with today's Islanders' birthday of the day, Martin Biron, who will turn 43 years old on Saturday. Happy birthday, Martin. And I'll tell you, uh, in all the time that I've covered the New York Islanders, uh, Martin Biron, one of the nicest guys that you're ever going to come across. And hockey is full of, uh, you know, hockey players have a reputation of being extremely nice guys. Biron broke into the NHL after being drafted in the first round, 16th overall, by the Buffalo Sabres back in 1995, made his debut for the Sabres during the 1998-99 season, spent one year with the Islanders after several years in Buffalo and then Philadelphia, and then after the Islanders in 2009-2010, finished up his career with four years with that other New York team that plays its games at Madison Square Garden as their backup goalie behind Henrik Lundqvist, but uh, 29 games with the Islanders during the 2009-2010 season for Martin Beran, and now he's gone on to be a pretty solid, very good, actually, uh, 
you know, broadcaster and, and, and television personality. Uh, we're going to go back to one of his better games with the Islanders, October 31st, Halloween night, 2009, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. 8,889 fans on hand as the Islanders with Martin Beran in goal taking on the Buffalo Sabres who started Ryan Miller in this one and the Islanders got on the board first. Richard Park getting an unassisted goal late in that first period at 17-13. That was Park's first goal of the season and the Islanders led 1-0 heading into the first intermission. In the second period, it stayed 1-0 until midway through when Jeff Tambellini, a second-generation Islander, scored his fourth goal of the year. Sean Bergenheim and Richard Park with the helpers at 9-16. Then three minutes and four seconds later, Tambellini struck again his fifth. Doug Waite and Jack Hillen with the assists at 12-20, 3-0. In favor of the Islanders, Josh Bailey, his second from Bruno Gervais at 15-20, and the Islanders headed into the locker room after two periods with a 4 to nothing lead over the Buffalo Sabres. In the third period, Biron kept them at bay, and with Craig Rive off for instigating a fight with Andy Sutton, Jeff Tambellini completed his hat trick. His sixth goal of the year, third of the game, Kyle Oposo and John Tavares assisting on the power play goal at 15:42. Islanders skate away with a 5 to nothing victory in this one. By the way, uh, Doug Waite had a penalty shot opportunity with uh, 13 seconds left on the clock, but the save was made and the Islanders did not add to their 5 nothing lead. Patrick Laleem finished up in goal after Ryan Miller allowed the first three. But for the Islanders, Martin Biran, 38 saves as the Islanders were outshot. 38. Uh, the Islanders were outshot 38 to 30 in this game. And uh, the shutout for Martin Biran, his first and only as a New York Islander. Jeff Tambellini with the hat trick in this game. A goal and an assist for Richard Park. As far as the plus-minuses were concerned, Mark Streit, Jeff Tambellini, Doug Waite, and Josh Bailey were each a plus-three, and Tambellini led the Islanders with five shots on goal. But we celebrate our Islanders' birthday of the day and remember his first shutout with the Islanders, a 38-save effort back on October 31st, 2009. Islanders beating the Buffalo Sabres by a score of five to nothing. All right, Islanders, got to keep this a five-on-five five series. Cannot, I, I, I can't stress this enough, so many of those seven power plays that the uh, Capitals had in this game were unnecessary, sloppy kind of penalties. Uh, you know, a penalty in the offensive zone, Leo Kamarov takes a, you know, a, a stick kind of penalty, whether it's a slash or or something, or high sticking, or something of that nature, can't let that happen. Can't take penalties in the offensive zone. Can't have too many men on the ice penalties. This is just sort of sloppiness. And look, the Eberly hook, uh, the Kamarov stick foul, these are things that really are hurting the Islanders 
And if they keep doing that, believe me, it is just a matter of time before the Capitals come in, take advantage of it, and get right back in this series. Islanders with a golden opportunity to take a 2-0 lead, uh, which would mean that Washington would have to win four of the last five, including three on the road, uh, in order to win this series. Now, again, home ice advantage, not as big as it normally is because there are no fans in the crowd, but at the same time, that last line change, especially when you've got a coach as skilled as Barry Trotz, is definitely an advantage for the New York Islanders, and don't discount it when push comes to shove. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL as they give you a league-wide perspective on everything happening in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy Game 2 and the rest of this series. And, of course, let's go Islanders.